evening, everyone, and welcome to um, the second meeting of the Hutterford um, District Council Local Plan Leadership Group, which is a virtual meeting, and also welcome uh, to those of you listening into the broadcast. I'm Councillor Alan Storer, Chair of the Group, and further to the working arrangements I, I set out at our first meeting, I've appointed Councillor Pavick as Vice Chair. Now, members, um, I know that you're aware of that already, so please forgive me, um, because I had intended to um, announce it this evening, which I've done, but of course, in the meantime, circumstances are such that you already well aware of that. Uh, so this is a somewhat belated announcement, for which apologies. I'll start by running through some procedural rules for the meeting. As you will know, there are regulations governing virtual meetings that state you must be able to hear and be heard. May I therefore remind you, please, to keep yourself on mute at all times and not speaking. This should prevent undue distraction from background noise. Please do not speak unless I ask you to do so. To indicate that you wish to speak, please raise the blue hand next to your name on the white participants column on the right of the screen. This will indicate that you wish to speak. When you have spoken, please lower your hand. For the benefit of those listening online, the officers we have with us this evening are Roger Harborough, Director, and Gordon Glenday, Assistant Director, and from the Planning Policy Team, Stephen Miles, Sarah Nicholas, and Hayley Richardson. I will now ask Sarah to take a register so that those listening at home or elsewhere will know who is present today. Sarah, would you call the register now, please? Thank you. Thank you, Chair. So, uh, Councillor Caton? Present. Councillor Lees? Present. Councillor Lehman? Present. Councillor Light? Yes, I'm here. Councillor Merrifield? Present. Councillor Pavitt. He's here somewhere. I'm sorry, my shift bar is not working. I'm here. Uh, Councillor Reeve. Present. Did you hear that? Yes, Present. thank you, Councillor Reeve. Uh, Councillor Sutton. Present. And then also attending, uh, we've got Councillor Evans. Present. Councillor Day. <coughs> Councillor Foley. Uh, present. Councillor Dean. Yes, I'm present. And Councillor Lodge. Present. Thank you. I, I think that's all the members. And then the three apologies, which I think you're aware of. Yes, indeed. I'll come on to that shortly. Right, first item on the agenda is public participation. And insofar as I'm aware, please correct me if I'm wrong, but we have no members of the public down to speak this evening. Is that correct? Yeah, I'll take that as a yes. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to have to uh, make
make another apology, this time on behalf of the council rather than purely myself, because that may be down partly to uh, the administrative mix-up there's been with regard to this meeting having been um, withdrawn and then reinstated. And that may have uh, messed up people's ideas as to what was going on, which is why th there's no one down to speak. Uh, so apologies on behalf of the council if that's the case. It is not the end of the world in that you will be able to speak at the next and all subsequent uh, meetings of the group. So moving on then, apologies for absence from councillors Freeman, Bagnall and Taylor. And can we move on please to any declarations of interest? Members? Um, I'm a member of Stebbing Parish Council, but are we going to make that a regular thing or do we just have, should we just have that stated at the very beginning of this? Um, do we have Elizabeth, do we have Ms. Smith, Ms. Smith with us this week? I have taken no. advice from Ms. Smith who said it's not essential, but it would be a good idea. I think no, that was the, the general thrust of, of what she, she said. So on that basis, could we run with um, um, these declarations? And I know it's going to take a minute or two, but so be it. We'll call, I'm sure. Okay, so Stebbing Parish Council. Um, Hatfield Heath Parish Council. Southern Warden Town Council. Next. Okay, hi, hi Easter Parish Council for Council Women's Police in their hands on time. Council Lees. Um, I was just wondering if I may chair that if this is going to be a regular occurrence, could we not have it written somewhere that everybody are these parish council members? And then at the beginning, I can see Hayley nodding. Um, and then at the beginning, we can just say, has anything changed from last time? Just for expediency and time. That's an excellent idea, Councillor. We'll, we'll just finish um, this meeting for me, but then that's brilliant. Yes, we'll go with that. And Councillor Evans. I chair Stebbing uh, Neighbourhood Plan Steering Group. Thank you. Okay, then let's move on. And item two is the, uh, the minutes of the previous meeting. Now, I propose to take these one page at a time. I'm going through the um, agenda with which the pages are numbered. So if you can um, point out if you have any comments to make, please, on... Um, we're not really page... Four or five. Um, start with page six. Any comments on that? Besides mine, which is this, if I may, Haley, uh, could we have the working arrangements set out um, 
perhaps more clearly, more in the form that, that it was submitted um, to it, so the spacing's a little different, and also appended to the minutes together with the terms of reference, so they are easy for uh, members and um, members of the public to access whenever uh, and if ever they, they need to do that. And on page, yes, that's, yeah, that's right, if I may. Um, so, on to page seven, I have a um, comment on that as well, if I may. Sorry, Chair, there are some hands up. Councillor Merrifield, so followed by Councillor Evans. I'm behind the times of this. Thanks, Sarah. Councillor Merrifield. Mine's actually on page 10, um, so I don't know whether you want to come back. Uh, Councillor, <laughs> Councillor Evans had his hand up at the same time as you when you paid, said page seven. Um, so I'm not sure if you want to do your page seven um, and then come back to me since it's page 10. I'll do that. Thank you, Councillor Evans. Please, then. Uh, thank you, Chairman. In fact, I want to go back to page four um, rather than page seven. Um, in other words, the front page of the uh, of the papers, which are the um, uh, references to um, attendees. And I'd just like to ask if uh, my name can be added there, please, as an at as an attendee as being present. Yes. Um. Yes, as a, a, a guest attendee, certainly. Uh, Terry, sorry, Mr Chair, if I may interrupt. Um, there is no broadcast of this meeting going out, apparently at this moment, according to a councillor who's just text me. Um, have we turned it on, Hayley? Sorry to interject. Okay. Okay, let's go back to Councillor Merrifield then, please. Do we need to wait a second? Is it, being, is it broadcasting now? If it's not broadcasting, we might need to adjourn. That's why I was, um, that's why I was just asking, Stephen. Yeah, yeah I, I, I just pulled up the web page, but I can't see that it's broadcasting. Now, I've got the web page on, and it says the broadcast will start playing when the meeting starts. And another councillor just texted me to say um, there wasn't a broadcast. Obviously, after last, um, as there, is, there definitely isn't any broadcast before I say, after it being 10 minutes, five minutes before last time, luckily nothing untoward was said. Maybe we've been super, super uh, vigilant this time. Um, but it's not on the screen, no. I can, I can try and stop the recording and start it again, but it is, it's definitely telling me it's recording on the device. Okay, I've got the web page up. Let me just refresh it. No. It just says the broadcast will start playing. 
when the meeting starts. What about you, Stephen? Have you got anything on your page? No, I've got the same message. Okay, I'll, I'll, do, I'll ring the person who's asked. Um, surely there's a difference between recording and broadcasting, uh, Councillor Storer. You're asking the wrong person there, Councillor, but you have a point. I don't. I'm in other people's hands on this. I don't have the technical gift. I would think this so. Yeah. It might be worth just uh, checking that. I think you're thinking right, Councillor Foley. It is um, the recording. It's a, a separate thing to broadcasting. I think if we are, um, if it is recording, then it will be uploaded on the website when it's finished will it not Hayley so that would that cover it that's my belief yes I've just um messaged Chris to see if he can have a look into what's going on and as this is a working group cabinet there is no formal requirement for the proceedings to be broadcast so um whilst I understand it is the intention that it, it would be it isn't necessary to uh, to adjourn the meeting for that reason well, as I said, Roger, I think it is being recorded. Um, we could we could record it via Zoom as well, so that we will have that record. So, as far as aware, we're recording on the council system for broadcast. But why don't we press record on Zoom as well? I'm happy to do that if everyone else is. Okay, it's now recording on Zoom. Okay, so we can continue. Yes. Sorry for interjecting, Chair. Excellent, thank you. Well, if we're going back to... Um... Um, what for me now is page seven of the minutes... Uh, because I'm relating to um, the working arrangements that were read out at the last meeting. I'd like to make a change, um, if I may. One of the bullet points says there, towards the top of page 7, portfolio holder for planning will be invited to all meetings to answer any questions that may arise. I'd like to change that now to... Ask and stroke all answer any questions that may be that may arise. Okay, so moving on, um, page eight. Anyone? Just me. I think. I think I'd like to delete, if I may, um, the fourth paragraph down. It's just a half line. I read it and thought, did I really? It says, the chair supported Councillor Bagnall's proposal. When I listened again to the recording, it wasn't at all clear. I don't think I did that, so if you could delete that, please, for um, 
incompleteness. There's some hands up, Chair, but I don't know what pages people are referring to. Sorry, I'm, I've got, got page up instead of Zoom. Thank you very much, Sarah, for, for that. Councillor Merrifield, please. It's still page 10, so I'm quite happy to wait until you get to page 10. But All I'm right, not. thank you. Councillor Evans. Thank you, Chairman. Um, as we're on page seven, and terms of reference are uh, referred to there, um, perhaps I could um, remind you of um, the uh, exchange of emails which I had with you in relation to the terms of reference and the uh, bullet point concerning the, ref the reference to meetings being held in in, in uh, private. If you uh, uh, were you willing to come to that on a separate? A separate I would. I would Expecting you to refer to a change incorporating the word prejudicial at some point. That, that's, that's right. Well, that's, yes, please. Um, uh, the, uh, the preliminary view of um, my colleagues in the Cabinet is that uh, the use of the expression um, to meet in um, private when otherwise matters could be considered uh, prejudicial to the interests of the council was actually not um, appropriate uh, nor intended uh, and it is suggested uh, on our part that the phrasing be re-amended uh, to the uh, expression which I gave to you namely that matters be held in private when they should be when they might be considered prejudicial to the interests instead of the council, the interests of the making of the plan, if discussed in public. Would you like me to repeat that, um, other members of yes, the... Please. Uh, yes, for the benefit of members, yes, please, thank you. Um, previously, the text read that the meetings could be held in private uh, when there were matters of commercial confidentiality arising, or there were matters arising which would otherwise be considered prejudicial to the interests of the council if discussed, if discussed in public. So that second part of the sentence would now read, or there were matters arising which could otherwise be considered prejudicial to the interests of the making of the plan if discussed in public. Members, given these are the terms of reference, are we happy with that proposal? I have one indicator of yes, two, three, yes, okay. We'll go with that, thank you. Um, next person then, Councillor Reid, please. Thank you. Sorry, two, two points. I'm not happy with that because what we're doing is we're changing minutes of what was said to actually change terms of references. If we're going to do that, we should change the terms of reference, not the minutes, as what was said at the last meeting. So actually, I'm not happy, and I'm also not happy with the, your suggestion about um, uh, John Evans's participation on page uh, the minute to be changed um, as distinct from changing the terms of reference. So what you actually said was what was minuted correctly in the minutes. Correct. So I, I don't actually support those things being changed, no. But if, if they weren't changed in the minutes, if they are... No, you can't change that. No. Councillor Light, please. 
Yes. yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair. I, I entirely agree with Councillor Reeve. You cannot change the minutes. That's what was said. And I disagree with that term of reference in any case. So I'd ask you not right, to make that change. Okay. Yes, that's, that's right. Sorry about that. That's, we cannot change the minutes, of course. Can we look to change the term of reference under working arrangements? Would members be comfortable with that? I mean, you can't because the terms of reference are a matter for the cabinet or an executive decision of the leader, uh, not a matter for the, the working group itself to determine. So whilst you can obviously ask the working group for its views on the term of reference, yeah. formally it needs to be a decision taken elsewhere. Well, for, for, can we ask for um, the views of members then to make a record? A recommendation, or oh, Mr. Harbour, would it be better for the cabinet, for Councillor Evans, to put that to the cabinet and let them determine what they consider to be the most appropriate way forward? So I suggest that's a conversation that's had outside this working group meeting, um, and then um, cabinet can undertake whatever consultation it thinks necessary with other members of the council before making a decision. Okay. On that basis, I suggest. Um, with your agreement, members, and I'm depending upon this, that we leave matters as they are for Councillor Evans to uh, put his uh, proposal to Cabinet and let them decide whichever way uh, they wish to go. That acceptable? Fine. Okay, thank you. Let's move on. I think Councillor Light would like to say something. Yes, thank you. Um, I, I, I have to say I disagree with that. I, th I think that um, it is also up to the working group to agree terms of reference because they are the ones who are going to be working within it. And I cannot see that a proposal by Councillor Evans, with which I already disagree, um, is then taken forward to Cabinet and, and becomes part of the working group's terms of reference. I would, uh, I would request that these terms of reference may be proposed they should then be discussed by this group and agreed by this group. Otherwise, quite frankly, uh, you know, there is, no, um, th there is no reason to be part of this group, and it certainly removes any autonomy and authority and in, in, uh, that it might actually have. The group did discuss and, and agree them at the last meeting, but insofar as I understand it, it is Cabinet that determines... Uh, these terms of reference, and it can change them. It can agree what it what it wants, or we must adhere to them. We are we will be putting forward a recommendation following um, the the findings of the recent meeting, and the cabinet will determine. And can I suggest that this uh, before this is put to cabinet, it is actually circulated amongst this group to ensure that this group wishes to work within those parameters. Well, no, because we've already got, we went through that process at the first meeting. It's been established. Sorry, we're talking here about making a change, and therefore that change then, at least that change should come back here. Well, the Cabinet has um, an opportunity to, to make that change. It's not a matter for us. Council Lees, you're anxious to speak. Sorry, um, I was just trying to reiterate your point. Um, to Council Light, there is a difference between a committee and a cabinet working group. The cabinet working group is set up by the cabinet. 
in terms of reference agreed by the cabinet what they should do is decided by the cabinet we are the working group and we don't we have autonomy of our own decision making but our decisions are only recommended to the cabinet group as it is a working group this group cannot make any decisions on its own that will go to council so that is a situation a friend of mine good friend of mine used to say on a regular basis, I've said it before, we are where we are. So it is a matter for Cabinet to determine how it wishes to proceed as that, insofar as I can ascertain. So, can we move on then? We are, I think going back to page 8, unless any other members have any comments at the moment? So we've moved, I've made a suggestion to page eight, I'm on to page nine. Any comments on page nine? Councillor Merrifield. You're mute, Councillor. Sorry, my space bar stopped working. Um, it's actually page ten, so I'm happy to go to page ten. Yeah. Um, it's. Page 10, paragraph 5, line 3, and the word is supported. Um, sorry, I haven't actually got, hang on, let me get page 10 up. I'm going to guess that it should be supportive. Yes, it's either supportive, supportive, or in support of, yeah. supportive or in support of, that's it, all. Yeah. It was my next point. Yeah. If need be. So I'm, happy, I'm happy with either. I'm happy with either. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, I was slightly confused on page nine when we talked about public speaking uh, on point three. Councillor Merrifield welcomed uh, public speakers. However, the time limits would have to be agreed to control the length of the meeting. We agreed the number or, or the, the length of uh, speaker slots, but we didn't actually agree the length, the total length of the period of public uh, participation. So I cannot see how you can have a, you need to have both in your decision making rather than just restricting the, the amount of time for each individual, if you see what I mean. So are we giving half an hour to public speaking or three quarters of an hour? I don't think we determined that and it seems to me to be a big hole in our terms of reference. Excuse me, Councillor Story. No, I was going to invite your comment, Councillor. Um, 
I don't think we actually discussed that. I think we, I think it was going to be left to the discretion of the number of speakers that you actually had. I think that's what we, if memory serves me right, I think that's what we thought would be the number of speakers to see how many, how long it went for. I don't think we actually came up with, if anybody else's memories, did we actually come up with a length of time? Um, I can't find honestly, that, I can't remember, I can't find that in, in with what I've written down. So, I mean, if you read that paragraph, it says, subject to the discretion of the chair, it could be extended. Well, what can be extended if we haven't got a period of time? Yeah, this is uh, Neil Reeve here, trying to help. What's written down is what was said. I know that. And uh, therefore, as a minute, that is correct. What we're trying to do again is retroactively change the terms of references, and that's, that's a new point. I agree with that, yeah. What, what, it, what was written was what was said. I specifically know that. I, I agree, um, and I think that if there is difficulty in the future, if I may, Chair, I think these things should be emailed in before the meeting to address. Yes, um, indeed, absolutely. If I may, because it's, you know, thank you. Indeed, indeed. Councillor Jean, you have your hand up, but you are not a member of the group, and therefore... Um, not well, what to do, Mr. Chairman. I hadn't intended to speak at all, but um, I'm receiving messages from members of the public that the broadcast is not going out. And I've just gone on the website myself and it says it is still saying broadcast will begin when the meeting starts. So I thought I ought to pass that on to you. Okay, thank you. Well, we are, are we not recording? Yes, we are. But at least that recording should be available at some point in time in it. In the meantime, is there anything we can do, Haley, to um, address this matter? Nothing at all, which is unfortunate. Okay, well, on we go then. And I'd like to move it back. It's a very pedantic point, forgive me for that. On page nine, third line, it says at the moment, be adhered to clarity. That should be, I think, adhered to. So we are now onto and past 10. And we are moving along. Just So we are, looks as though, Councillor Kate, and you have your, your hand up, what would you like to say? Um, no, I didn't take my hand down for the last time, sorry. Okay, thank you. Um, Councillor Merrifield, is your hand still up from the last time? Thank you. Mr Glendon. Oh, sorry, thank you, Chair. I've just gone through my notes of last meeting, just on that previous issue. And I've got a note saying that was, someone said, and I think it may have been Councillor Merrifield, in terms of the, the people speaking, up, up, speaking up to 10 people. I think there was a discussion about a maximum of 10 people being discussed. I don't know if anyone else recalls that or I made that up. I'm just checking through my notes. And that would be indicative 
position in where there'd be a maximum of 45 minutes. So it'd be up to 10 people. Does that ring a bell to anybody at all? It does with me. Yeah. I think Councillor Merrifield mentioned it. I don't know whether it was formally agreed, though, to be fair, but I was checking my notes there, so I thought I'd throw that in to confuse people even more. Yeah? So given that, are we comfortable, members, that that was agreed at the last meeting, or was it just mentioned? What do we think? May I? I think it was just possibly mentioned. I don't know if it was agreed. Okay, well, on that basis, then let's leave things stand as they are, and then it'll be down to the, the chair to determine um, the number of speakers at the time, given however many wish to speak. Let's move on then through community engagement which features the end of pages 11 uh, and 12 and on to 13 does anyone have any comments to make on the minutes to that item
170. Agenda item three, the project initiation document. Mr. Miles, would you like to introduce this report, please?
Um, as you, as members will be aware, um, the the peer review team advising the, uh, the council suggested that the that this group did not consider these documents uh, before you today. Um, the the reason for that being to give um, the council uh, more time to have to think about the, the start of the local plan project in the light of the government's proposals to amend the planning system. Um, and therefore, we are not uh, recommending that these papers go on to Cabinet following this meeting to, to, give, to give the Council a chance to, to do what I just suggested. Um, nevertheless, they are before you today for your comment. Thank you. Okay, Steve, is that all you wanted to say on that? Uh, yes, for now. Happy to take any questions, sir. Here's the key. Thank you, Mr. Ch Chairman. Um, I mean, just looking at this um, project initiation document, I mean, clearly... It doesn't reflect even what we discussed last time about um, having a kind of a conversation stage in the, the, the project. So I can understand why the officers don't wish to put this document to the cabinet because, you know, it doesn't reflect, you know, the feeling of the meeting last time. And clearly, we have had major government uh, um, paper since uh, that meeting, which is going to change the whole process if it is kind of accepted by uh, Parliament. So I, I'm kind of with the office in, with this, but obviously want to discuss process. So uh, certainly deliverable two and three seem to be uh, not relevant when we're discussing uh, a new local plan process. Thank you for that, Council. What do other members think about... Um what Mr. Miles has, has just said with regard to whether or not we consider these documents. Councillor Light. Was my hand actually up? It was on my screen. Perhaps forgive me if I've um, I've changed things now and it's disappeared. So I don't know where it came from. Okay, okay. Um, well, my suggestion, uh, as I, I emailed uh, earlier uh, today, was that we actually start to look at the white paper because I think there's some very important points uh, there. But um, there's not a lot of time for consultation, and I think we should really be addressing that. We don't know. 
uh, in what, uh, how the local plan will actually look um, in the future. So if this is the white paper is, is moving forward, I would assume that um, make a very sweeping assumption, uh, and bold assumption here, that um, it will, there will be some consultation, of course, but how much will actually change, I don't know. And there are certainly things that we can be preparing uh, in the meantime, which is looking at sites and considering community engagement. So I would suggest we move on to those. And the council will, well, this group will, I believe, be considering the council's response to the white paper in, in the, the near future. So that will be the opportunity to do that. And in the meantime, my concern, that it is just my concern, and I'll, I'll welcome your views, as to the extent to which we are still subject to the requirement to produce a local plan. Insofar as I'm concerned, our foot should still be hard down on the pedal, going as far as we can at the moment, in the full knowledge that the situation will change, the rules of the game will change. But unless and until they do, we won't know quite what's going to go on. So that will be my approach, which would be to the contrary, to press on. But what do you think, Councillor Leeds? Uh, thank you, Mr Chair. Um, I uh, agree with what we said earlier in emails that I don't think this meeting is to do conjecture. I don't, I don't really want to spend a meeting on conjecture. I think we either look at what we've got in front of us or we look at it later. I think that, as you said, if we're going to need to press ahead in principle, we can certainly agree on some of the things on those papers. I've got my mod glove up and thing. So I'll stop that for now, but I don't want to be spending the time conjecturing on a white paper that hasn't been adopted yet. I think we go forward with this local plan as best we can. I'll come back later if I need. Thank you, Mr. Harbury. You're next uh, with your hand up. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Um, so um, the, the statutory position is, as suggested, that we are still required, uh, we're still under duty to prepare a local plan and under the current statutory framework. Um, the difficulty we, which we clearly have, the government have announced proposed changes to policy. We don't know yet what sort of implementation plan uh, would apply, you know, when new provisions would come into force. Um, and so the recommendation from our uh, external review group is that we therefore focus our efforts on activity which will be relevant both to preparing a, a plan under the current uh, uh, statutory arrangements, but also be relevant if the government were to succeed in changing the, um, the system as they propose. And indeed, the, the external review group proposed to cover this in, uh, in in some detail at your all member workshop on the 8th of September. Um, clearly, uh, progressing work at this stage under the current plan arrangements runs the risk of incurring substantial expenditure on work which might become, become redundant. Uh, you know, you could pick any number of aspects of the government's proposed changes, removal of the duty to cooperate, for example. Um, uh, and uh, strategic housing market assessment, all that sort of evidence base which the government seems to think is no longer required. And indeed, um, 
and one, one should think perhaps what would be the focus of community engagement if we started that at this stage. Um, uh, it's quite possible that uh, the feedback would not be so much around how to go about preparing a local plan which is fit for Uttlesford. It would be more about uh, the community reaction to the government's uh, planning reform proposal. So uh, I, I suggest that uh, members um, might like to, to, to consider those sorts of points before deciding uh, what should feature in the work plan for the, um, for the short to medium term. Thank you for that. It would be a good trick to be able to produce a plan that did, uh, that followed both rules in the existing set and the future set, even if we, we, we delay starting. So I'm personally I'm apprehensive about that, but I'd welcome other members' views on that. Councillor Sutton, please. Sorry, I was just actually going to say, doing something proactive like perhaps starting a school for science and that sort of thing, putting that into a process might help. Um, I just, and that's, that's the sort of thing that I'm, I'm thinking, that at least if we start something, it's going to take some little while to get it, uh, you know, to actually get all that feedback. But I do think that, you know, it, it's, it sort of starts, it to sort of starts something for people to start to work from. Certainly, thank you. I, I do agree, I do appreciate Mr Harborough's point and I can see there being merit in going as fast as we can now, but with regard to having full cognizance of how the rules might be changing and not committing to a report if it's going to be redundant, but for the time being, we don't know that, so I'm personally apprehensive. But Councillor Reap, your your next please. What are your thoughts? Well, my view is that we don't know what's going to come out of the um, the white paper consultation. Government seems to be U-turning on various things uh, as we go along, and so I'd be in favour of, of continuing against the current baseline rules until such time as it is evidently obvious to change those. And for some of the procedural type things that we're uh, needing to do now, I mean, I have no idea what's going to come out of the, um, the new government thing, but uh, sort of swathes of that, I would imagine, would remain unaltered. So I, I would suggest we carry on with the, um, with the you know, maybe, maybe not freezing stuff now, but at least getting uh, initial views on the uh, papers in front of us. I agree that doing dates and other things are uh, possibly difficult, but um, getting a document prepared which is showing how the dates will be presented, uh, that is never going to be wasted time. So I suggest we carry on doing that. I have some of the speakers, but I'll come back to your proposal if I may, Councillor. Um, Councillor Leeds, your hand is just gone. Um, so Councillor Light, please. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Uh, I... I hold firm in the view that actually we should be working on what will, which can cross into a potential uh, new approach rather than waste time um, continuing on the same route as, uh, as the old local plan. And my uh, understanding of the, uh, of the document that I've read so far is that it's not so much a call for sites 
but a decision that can be made together with the community. Uh, so it would be a different approach. So I would suggest to identify the one or the two areas uh, that, can, that will be guaranteed to cross over and suggest we work on those because, quite frankly, um, we shouldn't be wasting our time. And I have to say I'm sorry, but I, I don't have uh, time to waste uh, on meetings that are actually then going to be thrown uh, by the wayside of our decisions. So can I suggest that we identify those areas, one or two areas, that will be, uh, it will be useful for the new approach? And I hope that the officers will point us in the right direction that we can make that decision. Thank you for, for that, Terence Levine. I'm going to pick you up on one word and ask you for it, and it's, it's a different one to our pick up on other people. You said the word will be useful. At the moment, I don't think we know, do we? I welcome officers' views on this. We don't know exactly how things are going to go. We know the general intention, but just how it's going to work in practice is, I think, personally going to be difficult. Do members have any, do our officers, sorry, have any any views on that? Can they specify what they think is going to happen which would comply with and enable council rights suggested to be complied with? No? No takers. Councillor Leeds then, please. Sorry, um, um, Roger is said he would speak, um, Chairman. Oh, but sorry, in here, wasn't there a moment ago? Sorry, Mr. Harbour. You're mute, Mr. Harbour. Thank you. Apologies for that. Yes, so there are some specific tasks which the um, the external review group, um, the external review team, uh, have highlighted. That, that we should focus on, um, uh, but they are still thinking about uh, the proposals that they uh, they want to, to put before you. Um, so I think it's it's premature to start talking about um, those as if um, it's obvious what we should be doing. It isn't at the moment, uh, and indeed um, decisions about where to focus work. Uh, probably need to wait until we've had discussions with civil servants in the ministry. Uh, in principle, civil servants have indicated a willingness to meet us, um, and uh, uh, we're talking to the review team about the best way that they would suggest we approach such a meeting with civil servants. Thank you. Thank you very much. Councillor Leeds, please. I think from last meeting and today, the one thing that we do know is that we want to have community engagement. I don't think that matters whether the white paper changes or not. So I would, if I may, I would suggest, um, Roger, that that is an area that we could definitely focus on because we know we want to community, we know we want to engage with the community from the start. Now we have it in the plan on. Okay, sorry, I've got two screens up, so it's quite tricky. Um, the consultation. It's all good. Oh, sorry, Siri's just told me that it's all good. Um, we have it in the document about consultation at Reg 18, Reg 19, but we've already said that we want to do more consultation than that. 
So that is something that we could focus on, public engagement, at this, because we know we want to do it. We could definitely do, we could definitely surely focus on something measurable today. Yeah, thank you. Councillor Light. Yes, um, uh, I do actually support that. Uh, that uh, was, it was one of the, um, the points that I was putting across. Um, it would be important to start focusing on public engagement, so with the public and with the parishes, and um, to start drawing on the neighbourhood plans, because parishes would have identified those who already have neighbourhood plans, where housing um, is, uh, should go. So that is a resource that we should be utilising, and I would suggest that we start drawing that together, identifying ways of engaging, and um, perhaps working with uh, identifying who can work with parishes for those who don't have neighbourhood plans, because that will really be a bottom-up approach, which apparently the white paper is promising. We can make it a reality. Thank you. Mr Harborough. You're mute, Mr Harborough. Yes, I was going to endorse that, 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 that point. That could well be quite a, a, a useful early focus. It could then inform the Council's response to consultation on the White Paper by the 29th of October. Um, you know, if we've developed ideas which are based upon uh, engagement with our community, uh, that, um, that will mean they were well, well grounded. I would say, though, that... Uh, government seems to have some policy ideas about uh, how community engagement should best be uh, conducted. You know, it's talking about use of social media and digital means as being the primary medium for uh, community engagement. Um, and it has some rather scathing things to say about traditional means of community engagement. So, um, we need to be aware of, of those sort of messages that are coming from government in deciding how best to position our response to the, to the white paper consultation. Thank you. Mr Glendale. Um, yeah, so just, just to add to that, um, I agree, we don't, we don't want to talk everything right now in terms of the issues and options. And, and obviously we can try and do this, try and identify potential sites, because that's something, regardless of whatever figure comes out from the housing white paper, we know we've still got to find lots of sites, and as the inspector said previously, small to medium sites that can be delivered fairly quickly. So perhaps these are different options. We don't want it to purely focus on housing. That is going to be a real challenge that we're going to have. So I suggest that's what we want to do. Thank you. Councillor Evans? Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, for um, uh, focusing on the engagement uh, issues which are going to be fundamental and uh, uh, perhaps when engagement is looked at one might be paying uh, also attention to the views of the of the younger generation as we as we know uh, while they don't have a vote as it were um, they are a, a relevant body to be consulted just as much as the older generation who are not um, uh, IT uh, literate. So I think the, the question of engagement is something which is really um, very well worth spending uh, time on. But on a slightly different note, perhaps I might just mention to the group that I will be asking our officers to uh, update and refresh um, 
their inventory of Branfield sites uh, with a view to um, being sure what actually we do have in the way of Branfield uh, within the district. Uh, and once that is um, uh, checked and uh, updated, um, the idea would be to circulate that to the parish councils and the town councils uh, and also, I think, to the members um, with a view to uh, actually seeing whether or not there is, in fact, additional brownfield out there, which uh, has not yet been touched because whatever happens with the white paper, uh, brownfield is obviously um, an area of um, potential development and that needs to be uh, identified as soon as uh, possible. Uh, and indeed, if the white paper as and when it comes off, uh, brownfield is certainly um, one of the first areas which is going to be focused upon for um, uh, almost automatic development. I, that's not the correct um, technical expression, but uh, um, I, I think you understand what I mean by that. Um, so perhaps I could just leave those thoughts uh, with you, Chairman uh, uh, and group. Thank you, Chair. So, insofar as I understand it, and, and officers may wish to correct me, um, I believe officers are, of the council is obliged to update its brownfield land register on an annual basis in any event. So we hopefully won't be far behind that uh, as things stand at the moment. Councillor Merrifield, please. Thank you, Chair. Um, I was actually just going to talk about um, um, the engaging the community and using um, media, social media, and the internet and all. I think it's really exciting and I think we we could do a great deal with that. Um, yes, the, and I, I do believe there's still a place for um, paper for those who don't want to use or can't, don't wish to or don't use the internet at all. But there are there's a great deal and it's very exciting of how you can use the internet. Now, I'm not... <laughs> By no means, anyway, not fantastic with it at all. But there are fantastic ways of doing it, and you know, within the within the council, and there are people who will know, I'm sure. Um, and it should we should look at the resources and talk as as councillor councillor just now said, talk to young people, and you know, because they have the ideas as well. Um, and I mean, even even so, looking at um, young people at school, relating to older people, and talking, you know, getting them to help the older people in their families, even if we can engage the younger people, engaging the older people in their families and in their communities as well, you know, it's that type of thing. So you've got cross generational to use as well. So it's things like that. I think, we, I think we've got to think out the box completely. Thank you. Councillor Sutton, please. Um, identifying the quest uh, questions that maybe would help parish councils and town councils to ask, you know, to put out as maybe questionnaires or, or, or put on their own personal Facebook sites. I mean, that's what people have been asking me. What exactly should they be going to their community and asking 
that would give the right information that would help just you know the council to dissimulate that as being the best you know if you if you go to them asking them where they think perhaps that would be the better place or what they need as the community in terms of schools or you know that sort of stuff um and so to have to identify some sort of question questionnaire that generally the community can use the parish councils and the town councils that are, you know more or less set so that we can all get a, a rough idea coming back to the council is that something that they could that the that the council could look at yes indeed yes indeed i'm very conscious members that we are we're slipping into the next two item or the last two items on the agenda almost um I'm happy to proceed on this basis if you are, but with a view to not repeating um, issues later on, the same issues later on. Councillor Caton, next please. Thanks, Mr Chairman. I mean, I think we're talking about community engagement and we're already starting, or have already started, on climate change. Surely we should be actually starting our conversation on something that we're already um, championing, uh, which is, you know, um, reducing our carbon emissions and things like that in the district. Um, and, and if we can do it and use that as a model to then uh, ask other questions about difficult topics. But I do think that we shouldn't go straight in and start talking about housing. We should actually be, have an have a overall uh, strategy of you know, tackling climate change and reducing carbon emissions, and then we'll follow it up with the more detailed um, housing kind of issues further down the line. It does seem to me that there, are, there is some danger in going straight in with a kind of conversation on housing numbers and sites when we haven't actually set the kind of overall uh, picture or vision that we've got for the district. Personally, Councillor, I, I have to say I disagree with that. We'll, we'll hopefully come on to that in, uh, in the not-too-distant future when we come back to this project initiation document. I understand your sentiments, uh, but I'll come back to what I see as the practicalities in a little while. Councillor Lemon, next, please. Thank you, Chair. Um, taking up um, Councillor Evans' point on engaging with young people, um, we do have a, a youth council. Um, have we spoken to them? Are we going to speak to them? Are, could they have a representative to talk to us? and give us their thoughts. Um, the Youth Council was set up for this, just for this sort of thing, and I think that we ought to approach them and, uh, and get their views. Thank you. Thank you. Councillor Light, please. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, actually, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Um, actually, uh, Councillors Caton and Lemon have said uh, what I was going to say. Was one is I think the strategy, the, the, the vision is critical than the strategy. 
Um, but I would like to reiterate about the local plans because those are local plans are not just numbers and sites. They're also uh, how they want a place to look. So, you know, what are the sports facilities? What are the, what are the green spaces, etc. And I, I do think that we could be, we should be um, identifying uh, the biodiversity and sites and the green sites where we want to, to maintain the green and the rural aspect. So that's very, very important indeed. And I agree with Councillor Evan. I was going to suggest actually the Youth Council had set up um, a subgroup on housing particularly, so around the local plan, around their needs. And I do agree that uh, we should absolutely involve them. And perhaps if, they st if their subgroup has now been uh, disbanded, then perhaps they would... Um, make their own decision about how they want to interact with this process. And I think it's fundamental because they are the future. Our plans will affect them. Thank you. Now I'd like to go back, if I may, to what Councillor Reeve um, advocated some while ago, which was advancing with the local plan as intended now in the full knowledge that the rules and regulations will change in the fullness of time. And uh, as, as Mr. Harborough said, we don't know precisely how uh, this situation is going to change, but we nonetheless, as other members have pointed out, there are useful things we can be doing with regard to the community, and as Councillor Lattie just said now, with nature conservation, for example. Are we of a mind, members, to progress the local plan insofar as we can um, with a view to the fact that the requirements will change and we will have to, at some point, change direction and jump onto another horse and go perhaps in a slightly different direction? Are we minded to carry on with the local plan in order to be seen to be doing something and gleaning and gathering information? Or are we just going to stop and think about it? I know what my preference is, but what about yours? Who would like to progress with the local plan as things stand at the moment? One, two, three, four, five... Council Light is halfway between. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yes, we, we need to move forward. I absolutely agree with yes. you in the way that we can, that we know will then be, we are preparing the ground yes. for the next stages. So. I think I'll agree on that. Councillor, um, please, please. Yeah, sorry, thank you, Mr Chair. I was thinking about um, the, all that's been said. And obviously we need to use other groups. I know for a fact that um, Councillor Day has been using, doing a lot of stuff with the youth. Going back to the project initiation document, that do we go ahead knowing that things will change? Then yes and yes, but we have to ensure that we don't ask officers to do work that's going to become a moot point. Um, one of the things I was wondering would be, is there anything that we could be reading in advance and ahead? So as I said at the last meeting... Uh, Councillor Merrifield and I went to an excellent uh, seminar on health and planning. Um, there's quite a few documents on that that people could read that we ought to be looking at when we're looking 
aside to what we're looking what we're looking for. I think Sandy's looking for the piece of document that she's going to show in a minute, look, as if she's a presentation on the price is right. But there are certain things that people could read that we could be reading now. Um, health and planning, green spaces, how to keep, um, you know, what sort of ways to walk, where to keep the walkways, footpaths, all of those things. I'm wondering whether there must be things that we could be reading beforehand uh, whilst we can't be making any true decision-making process at the moment. And if officers or yourself or Sandy and I would like to send, or John would like to send recommendations, but I, I, I do feel that the planning for health or health and planning together was essential and something that some some district councils have an have a an officer that is assigned to health in planning uh, the bigger thing the bigger councils and i think that if we can't do that we certainly this group could be looking at making a local plan that is combined with good health and good plan i think that's uh, that's agreed that's perfect sense so, I also think we've agreed, though, we're going to progress the plan as best we can at, at the moment. And what that means is going back to look at this project initiation document and seeking to progress that. Now, question for Mr. Miles is, um, would you be happy for members to go through this comment on, say, a paragraph-by-paragraph paragraph basis or... Or what? Would that be acceptable to you? Uh, I mean, whatever you think is appropriate, Chair. Are we happy with that, Members? Just have a... Um, if we go chapter by chapter, by May, Chair, because it's so, so much of it is going to change, I'm, would it not be better just to go through the stuff that we know that we can do, rather than the stuff that probably we won't do. So I did read somewhere that they may, for example, disperse the, the corporation due to cooperate. So that's in, I can't remember what page that is. And, but that's my, I'm just wondering whether if we go through it chapter by chapter, and it's probably going to change. I thought that the feeling of the group was we would choose the, choose the elements of that that we could work on at this time rather than looking at chapter by chapter and then do we agree with that if we can't. I may have, I may have misinterpreted and I do apologise if I have. Yeah, things, things may crop up like that. But I, I for one, have comments that I'd like to make, suggestions um, I'd like to make. I don't know if anyone else has suggestions, but would it be worthwhile going through that and see how we start until you think, because one or two of mine are pretty fundamental. Are you happy to progress on that for a few minutes? Councilor Reeve is, is, is okay with that. So has anyone got any initial comments on the document as we begin to move through it quickly? We, we, spent, enough, we spent a lot of time on consultation already, basically, which is fine. But is there anything now on, on, on certain practicalities? Not, I'm not talking tooth court stuff, but there are a few fundamentals. So, Councillor Light and has her hand up. 
Yes, could we have that on screen, please? Because I'm, I'm you know, I can't, um, I'm, I'm sort of looking at everybody, but I can't see any documents. It's on the, it's on the mud girth, if that helps, Councillor Light. Hmm. I have mine screen by screen on my computer if, if, if it's unable to put the documents up, just to say. Uh, it's on Mudgov and a local plan leadership group. I mean, it's a bit smaller, but if that helps. Yeah, we do. yeah thank you. I'll try. Well, let me start. It's pedantic point in paragraph 3.1. Local plan rights are the whole of the district and is intended to cover the period. Surely it must be, will cover the period up to 2040 and beyond. But more importantly, in paragraph 3.2, I'm going to, if you are, have access to that, which will make it much easier, I would like to propose... Um, some amendments to 3.2, which, as I'll come back to, will also change 3.3. I would propose this. The one that says, the single objective of the project is to deliver an up-to-date sound plan that can be adopted to achieve the Council's corporate vision and objectives. And then it goes on to the scope of the document, and the local plan will include this, that, and the other. Now, I'm suggesting this in 3.2. The objectives of the project are to deliver an up-to-date local plan which, one, meets the Council's corporate vision and objectives for the plan, two, meets the district's identified development needs in terms of new housing, employment and commerce, three, delivers the associated infrastructure as and when required, four, is evidence-based, and five is sound. Now, what that will do, if you're comfortable with that, is result in the deletion of the second two bullet points in para, paragraph 3.3. Three. Now, that, to my mind, is much clearer. I don't know what, what members think about that. Councillor Reeve. Yeah, and thank you. It's quite you, know, you, you used sorry stuttering, so you used a lot of words, and I can't read them, and, and so it's hard to digest them. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the the reason I put the blue hand up actually was in relation to three point one. It was just the duration of the plan, and uh, that one is surely the you know giving the time limits of the. Uh, of the plan because I've now forgotten what they are but is it you know, starting is it 2017 or something and then going on till whenever it goes or if not what it, what it is yeah. but that, 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 those things are just uh, divine quantities and it would it would be good just to get them accurate isn't it? Absolutely Did you say my name? Sorry. Yes. Oh, right. Sorry. It sort of it got it got lost a little bit. Um, I 
Councillor Reeves said, that was a lot of words. And unfortunately, I couldn't take that in. So I couldn't make, I could not make a, a decision on that without actually, for me, and this is a personal thing, I would need to see that right. vision on that, quite yeah. honestly. Um, so I would, I would prefer to sort of have that deferred to another, to, to another time to see it and then come back to it if possible. I appreciate that. Yes, Mr. Miles, might speak. Uh, yeah, just a comment on on the time period uh, in our three point one. And um, so the the time period that local plan has to cover at the under the current system is at least 15 years from adoption, um, and that hence the reference to, to 2040. Um, the reference to and beyond refers to the fact that if we have any developments uh, in the plan period that uh, go beyond the plan period, uh, then anything that the plan says about those developments will also influence uh, development beyond the plan period. Um, in terms of the, the start date for the plan period, that, that is, is something that there is a, a choice over. So Previously, there have been references to 2017 as a, as a start date. That is a, is a choice um, and would be something that, under the current system, uh, the council could, could uh, make a decision on and, and seek to engage the public on. Of course, under the new, under the government proposals, the time period appears to be uh, something that the government are seeking to change, and it could be that it's a 10-year period. Um, if the government's proposals are adopted as uh, as they are proposed. Yeah, thank you. Mr Harbour. Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, I was going to point out, in terms of the objectives, uh, perhaps it's just a reflection of the current system, that we tend to focus on you know, the things that we're planning in terms of growth uh, and one of the features of the government's new proposed system is this um, division of the district into three categories, the, the growth areas, the areas for renewal, which is where the evidence base about uh, brownfield land comes in, but also, really importantly, the part of the district which is to be protected from development. And I don't think you were referencing that in the, the list of objectives which uh, which you were suggesting. And it, I think it's probably really important to capture that. Um, and we need to think carefully about the evidence base that will be required to justify the areas of protection. Yes, indeed, I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. Can we move on through the... Oh, sorry, I have some more hands up, probably. Council Lemon's hand is up. I don't, Councillor Merrifield and Reeve, but I suspect you've already spoken. Is that right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll take it down. Councillor Lemon, please. Yes, I'd just like to um, support um, Roger's um, bit on uh, they are part of the district where the land needs protecting and particularly that is the Metropolitan Green Belt and I think that should be mentioned and very strongly looked at all the time. Yeah, thank you. 
to the document then. Um, page 20, we're on to 21. I had a few comments. I, I don't think it's appropriate to go into um, them in, in any great detail at the moment yet. 22, does anyone have any comments? Not as yet. Twenty-three. I've got a question on twenty-four for officers. The second post listed there is a project manager. Um Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think that is the consultant who's listed third down on the on the diagram above. Am I right in thinking that we are or will be in the process of appointing um, a project manager at some point in what would hopefully be the near future? Anyone have any thoughts on that? Um. The uh, project manager referenced in in three twelve is the uh, the consultant listed uh, third down on uh, in the diagram under three eleven. Um, so that those are intended to be one and, and the same. It is. Oh, sorry, I don't. I'd understood. Um, things are going to change. Perhaps I'm wrong then. Let me move on to paragraph 313, which features the diagram um, that Councillor Bagnall produced. Now, in the, at the last meeting, which was the first, uh, with regard to working arrangements, I thought, as you will recall, to distance myself from the officers in the, the local plan team um, because of my concern about a potential conflict of interest. Now, two things happened. One, at that first meeting, was um, a discussion as to what the target date for the adoption of the plan um, is, whether it's uh, December 2023 or July 2024. And I wanted to try and bottom that out. So as a consequence, I, not wishing to speak Stephen because of what I'd said, I approached uh, Mr. Glenday and had a useful conversation um, with him about it. And I'll be coming back to him in a moment to see how, just how that progressed. But it also transpires that um, officers in democratic services were very concerned about my distancing myself from officers on the basis that there needs to be a close working relationship, apparently, between um, the chair of, of a group such as ours and those officers. So, what I'd like to do is to um, pull back on that, if I may, to backtrack and seek your approval to work or 
matters with officers when it's appropriate and to report back to you on issues, certainly with regard to whether anything's been, uh, anything's been agreed or we have a difference of opinion between things to avoid this issue of a conflict of interest. Members, would you be happy, would you be satisfied with my, my doing that? And reporting back to you so you know what the situation is. Could I have a, an indication of thumbs up or down or, or whatever, please? Nothing. Indifference. I, sorry, I, I, Alan, Neil here. I'm being very slow. I'm not totally sure what you're asking. <laughs> I, I, I've stepped away from dealing with officers of the local plan team for fear of the con potential conflict of interest. Now, it's become apparent through practice at that very uh, consequence of that very first meeting and of the concerns expressed by officers of democratic services that they would, in fact, welcome such a, a link. Would you be happy with me to sort of reverse that and set, establish a link again, but reporting to you? as a group so you know exactly what has been agreed, what's been discussed and agreed or disagreed. So that's one person I have there. Can, can, and me. That's two. Right. Anyone else? Any other takers? Thank you. I've Councillor Evans wishing to speak. Yes, I think I'd like to clarify this. Um, I am not involved in uh, the formal uh, status of this group for the reasons that we all know in order specifically to distance the executive from your, um, your workings. Um, but uh, up until uh, recently, uh, Alan, Councillor Storer and I have met with officers on a regular basis uh, and uh, I have no objection to Councillor Storer resuming participation in that programme of regular meetings uh, and I have no objection to his attending them. Uh, and so I'd like to put that into context, um, uh, Councillor Storer, uh, and record that I have no objection to that. Thank you very much indeed, Councillor. Councillor Leeds. Mute, Councillor Leeds. Sorry, thank you, Chair, if I may. I think it's imperative, actually, that as this is a working group and not a committee as such, it is a working group, it is imperative that you are in line with what the officers are doing and to discuss <coughs> what's going on. You won't be reporting to yourself um, if you are not in the inner circle and can make changes, uh, suggest changes. I can see Councillor Sutton nodding. Um, sorry. Um, to make changes and discuss and be sure of what we're going to discuss, then I'm not too sure what the, how good a working group that would be. I think beyond a shadow of a doubt that you should be working with closely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. You let me move on then to paragraph 316. This is the, um, this was the reason I, I went to Mr. Glenday with this um, difference as to um, opinion as to the 
target date for adoption of the plan, whether it's the end of 23, which we're sure we won't hit in the first place, even if the system wasn't changing, but also this, this uh, conflicting, apparently conflicting, date of July uh, 2024. Now, we've heard members from officers that there are likely to be discussions with officers from central government in the near future. Is it prudent to wait to see what emerges from such a meeting before um, determining what we think sh should be the target date for adoption at this point in time. Again, any, any thoughts on that? Anyone? And show of hands, a thumbs up if you uh, if you think that should be the, the way forward to wait until we have um, a view from government, unless Mr Glendale can confirm that following our discussion, the government were approached and responded with a particular justification for um, one date or the other date. Do they say, no, you must go with 2023 or no, July of the, uh, the, the new system is a statutory time frame within which plans need to be prepared, uh, a period of 30 months. Um, so uh, if that were to be confirmed in the new arrangements, then all authorities would need to demonstrate how they were working to achieve that statutory target. Um, but that depends, of course, on when the new system were, was implemented. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Councillor Reid, please. Yes, thank you. I, I, I revert to my earlier position that we should stick with what the current rules are until such time as they're changed. Or, you know, to, for the purposes of a plan like this, we just put down what we think we would, should be doing now, and then we'll be changing much of this later as and when, but to, to whatever it is as and when. So, yep. Make make the date as it was, and uh, and then uh, have that as our current plan. As it was, Just, then... while, while I'm while I'm on there, though, it would help me. Uh, we have re regulation uh, dates, uh, regulation st stages. Uh, you know, break seventeen, nineteen, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then you have descriptions. I would like consistency in the planning, such that there's a direct link. So you say start of break seventeen, or oh, sorry, start of break whatever, and then finish the break, whatever, as the dates rather than other descriptions, just to have a direct link between the technical plans. That's just a small editorial point. Are you saying then, as I think you are, 
that the target date should, for the time being, remain December 2023? Yes. Yeah, thank you. There is, there may be, say is, may be scope for this, because jumping forward to the next document um, on the agenda, the local development scheme, the risk assessment for that, on page 35 of the agenda, uh, includes contingency proposals, which it says is, is good practice for the target not being hit. So I would have thought, question for officers, if it was feasible to cut those so that we could, theoretically at least, have a theoretical, reasonable target, achievable target, of December 2023. Is that doable? It's ticking a box. It will serve no practical purpose because we won't hit it. I understand all that. But... Is there scope for doing that at the moment, or is it, for the time being, better left until after a meeting with the government? Officers, any thoughts on this? My view would be it would be better left until after... Sorry, it would be better left until after we had uh, had the meeting with uh, the officials from, from the Ministry to get their un understanding... Uh, and, and um, their views uh, on both the timetable we're proposing and, and how that interacts with the proposals in, in the white paper. Um, on, on the specific point of, of removing contingency from the project plan, including a period of contingency, is, is good project management. Um, and, and cutting that is wouldn't be something that um, I'd be comfortable recommending. Okay, thank you. You know, I've just left, lost the page, so let me get it back again. Um, well, we are we are invited to note and comment on the draft uh, project initiation document. I think we've done that, haven't we? We're not agreeing it as such. We're just noting and commenting which is fine. So if... Councillor Reeve, do you wish to comment further on this? Councillor Merrifield. Thank you, Chair. Um, I think I would, at this point, prefer to leave the dates as they are in the document um given i know i know we i know it's the december um 2023 we would aim for and that would be our aim but i think at the moment i think if we leave the dates as they are in the initiation document and wait and see what the what the results of um the meeting with the people at M MHC, I never get these initials, but no, I agree now, but MHCLG, I think it is. Um, I, think that would be, I think that would be a good idea at the moment. Um, I would imagine that every district council in the country is trying to get to speak to them at the moment. So, and especially ones that haven't got a local plan. So, um, 
I think so too. I think we've done all we need to do with this document. Councillor Evans. Uh, thank you. I, I would certainly for myself um, uh, feel that it's appropriate to await the um, initial discussions with the Ministry, uh, which will be taking place uh, very shortly. Uh, I think it would be desirable to commence our relationship, as it were, on our new plan with the Ministry on, uh, on the best footing that we possibly can establish. Uh, I wouldn't suggest that um, uh, by having um, an, an over-optimistic timetable would necessarily irritate the government. We just don't know. Uh, but it does seem to me to be um, good uh, common sense, at least to await the outcome of that discussion, take the temperature of the water with the, with the ministry uh, before going banco uh, on this uh, particular document. Um, but perhaps if I can just turn slightly... Um, to another topic in relation to consultation. Um, there certainly is work which can be done very usefully, I think, now, uh, which uh, would benefit from the knowledge and the, and the, the local knowledge, that is, uh, of the members. Uh, and that is to, to go through possibly the list of consultees. I'm not suggesting this evening, of course, uh, but to look at the list of consultees uh, and see whether or not there are any uh, bodies, voluntary bodies or other bodies, uh, which haven't been actually uh, mentioned there, which might not be so obviously known to the officers, uh, but uh, who should be uh, included in this uh, list. I mean, that is a job that can be done uh, now quickly and easily, uh, and there are certainly names on, on that list which uh, I, I think uh, should be added. Um, uh, and so um, perhaps I might uh, leave that uh, suggestion with you, uh, Chairman, for consideration. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, yes. I therefore propose then that we have done what we need to do with this document. And we can, um, we've considered it and we can move on to the next item on the agenda which is the, um, the draft LDS, Local Development Scheme. Mr Miles, would you like to introduce this document, please? Although I suspect we've gone over a lot of the, we'll be going over a lot of the same ground. Thank you, Chair. I, I was going to, to make that point. Um, yes, the, the Local Development Scheme sets out the uh, draft timetable for producing a local plan. Um, and, and as you've just uh, intimated, uh, a lot of the discussion that's been had this evening has, has some of the discussion that's been had this evening has, has brought that as well. Okay. Do members, having looked at this document, and I'm assuming that you have, do you have any comments, questions on it? you like to put to the officers? No takers. Well, I have a couple, if I may. And on bottom of page 38, um, it relates to what supplementary planning documents there are. And I was surprised and disappointed by this. I think that 
that paragraph is technically correct, the, in particular the, the final sentence which states there is no requirement for this LDS to set out a timetable for the production of, of any SPD, supplementary planning documents. But surely this is a local development scheme. The word scheme implies a plan. I would have expected in any um, local development scheme to have seen a uh, list schedule of supplementary planning documents that the uh, council intended to produce at some point in the dim and distant future. Could, would officers care to comment upon that? This is a string that strikes me. Um, parking spaces, and I assume that's size, solar panels, water, waste reduction, nature conservation, the list goes on. There's some things that could and perhaps should be included. Councillor Reed. Please. No, Councillor Light. Donna. Councillor Light. Yes, uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I have to say, for the last um, sort of half hour going, uh, going through these documents, uh, I am completely and utterly lost. Uh, this, I, I thought we had agreed something different, which was to focus on some items which would be carried across. I fail to see, actually, that, uh, that most of these would be relevant. Correct me if I'm wrong, ready to be corrected. However, um, I have to I have to say that um, I really cannot see the point of going through this paragraph by paragraph. Is this document and is the previous document going to stand? Is it going to be used in the new local plan, uh, which we will find out about um, in the very near future? Um, and is this the right way of proceeding if... Um, these documents are actually going to be used. So I have to say, I'm, I, I am utterly lost, and I really cannot see that this is a, um, an excellent way forward uh, to create the vision, the excitement about uh, a local plan, which we should be feeling. I'm sorry to say, I really am not. I'm surprised by that. I would have thought that this particular issue, supplementary planning documents, I take your point in time, I understand what you're saying, but I would have thought this last issue um, was the ideal opportunity to introduce things that we would be addressing in a new plan and that we could get excited for and could contribute to an enhanced environment and, and a more sustainable personally. But with regard to whether or not these documents will be followed, well, who knows? Who knows when? They probably won't be in front of us, but we don't know when that will be. That then, then may I suggest that we go back to what we had decided uh, about 40 minutes ago, if not longer, that we would actually be just focusing on one or two uh, of the items, and uh, community engagement was one of them, um, so, in, in order to progress matters, and as said, we need to be mapping the district with brownfield sites, if there are any, uh, with green spaces, with, uh, with where we see schools, where we see 
possible uh, housing developments, etc. So actually creating maps and identifying the way forward in order to do that. So you'll forgive me, but I, I, I really cannot follow this sort of document. I, I cannot see its use uh, at this moment in time. I cannot see the point personally of drawing up maps where we would put houses and schools when we have no idea how many houses we would need or flats and or flats or whatever or anything else, any associated infrastructure to go with them. We don't know uh, how big these houses are going to be, how much land they would take. So that to me is not the way forward just yet. Eventually, in the fullness of time, yes, but not there just yet, in my view. Councillor Kate, please. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, on the supplementary planning documents, I understood that there was some talk uh, when the emerging local plan was withdrawn that some of the good stuff in the emerging plan was going to be kind of made into some supplementary planning document for the council. Is that still the intention? I thought it was in that it, it wouldn't be policy but in my view it would be data, it would be hard evidence that could be used to keyword is supplement policies that now sit in the adopted local plan and it basically updates things like what is acceptable or not in terms of air pollution, noise pollution, possibly even water pollution. I don't know, but yes, is my answer to your, to your question. Mr Glendale, please. Uh, <coughs> thanks, Jim. Just, just to clarify and remain members that supplementary planning documents are part of the formal plan, but they need to be supplementing policies. And obviously we're at the beginning of the new local plan process, so we don't have local plan policies to supplement. What we are looking to do, if you recall, we've got the what we're calling the interim climate change policy. So they're not it's not SPD as such, but what it is is setting out in a bit more detail our policy objectives for climate change. And that's something that will be coming to the group probably in the next month, hopefully. So I suggest that the one thing that's there is probably still relevant because, you know, we do have the sentence before that that says we can produce things at any appropriate subject whenever we need, need arises. But it may be rather than being formal SPD, supplemental planning documents, it could be interim policies. So if we want something, may I say, quick and dirty on parking, when you mentioned, resources permitting, we can look at coming up with something on that line, rather than it being a formal SPD. That helps. Because, again, SPD has to go through a formal consultation process and everything else. So an SPD is at least sort of nine months to a year at least to um, produce. And with everything else we've got on with the local plan, I suggest that might actually deflect things away from getting on the local plan formally itself. Okay, thank you. Councillor Merrifield. You're mute, Councillor. Yeah, sorry, I'm just talking to myself as well at the same time. Um, I'm a bit unsure. Um, it's not our, it's not this group's position. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure Councillor Light wasn't intending this, but it sounded like she was trying to say 
it was us to say where housing should go. And if I pick that up wrongly, you know, so I'm sorry about that. But I'm sure that it, I don't want, it's not our, it's not this group's role to say where housing should go in this district. That is for a different route to go down. And I would just like to make that clear in case people, anybody else picked that up this evening. We will not, this, we will not be saying where housing should go. That is for another route to go down. Thank you. Thank you for that, Mr. Harborough. You're mute, Mr. Harborough. Yes, thank you. I was going to make the point that uh, it's another facet of the government's planning, proposed planning reforms, that um, there shouldn't be development management policies at local plan level, that those would be uh, prescribed nationally. But the, um, the policy announcement uh, is quite keen on supplementary planning documents, particularly where those set out design codes. Um, I think there's a, there's, there's a debate to be had about whether a generic design code, which is potentially applicable across a whole local plan area, is the right way to go, or whether you need to wait until you've identified specific sites and you have a set of design codes for each respective site. But you know, it is an, a, an area where we could do some, some initial thinking about uh, drawing up design codes because they could, could apply if the current system is retained as well as the new system. Thank you for that. Does anyone else have any comments on this draft LDS? Comments or questions? So I have one, and it's, it's still on one four, and it is just a question. It's given, as things, as things stand at the moment, given the importance that the five-year housing land supply and its application in the determination of planning applications for housing, is it appropriate that we um, produce an up-to-date version, say, every six months or ideally every, qu every quarter, so that we that will be helpful in the determination of um, applications in the context of, say, the tilt of balance, if that applies, um, pending the adoption of a new plan. What do what's officers' thoughts on that question? Uh, so updating the five-year housing land supply is uh, a bit of a task. Um, it requires uh, officers to update um, the uh, the, um, the forecast completions on sites across the district. Um, so that requires making a, a, a judgment on, on when sites are going to be developed uh, in consultation with the um, with the promoter or developer of the site. It also requires us to update the um, the completions that have been that have occurred across the district, and that is usually about uh, a month of site visits um, and interrogation of um, 
building regulation, building control files, and, and other kind of files to try and avoid site visits where we can. But in, in the end, it actually does require quite a lot of site visits. Um, I don't think it's something that we can do on, on a more than annual basis, which we do at the moment. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Councillor Caton. My other point that I wanted to talk about was the, the sill. I mean, the, the white paper seems to be indicating that sill will be will replace 106 and will be charged at a national rate. And I, you know, my, I am greatly concerned by that because obviously there are regional and local di differences in, in cost base. Uh, so, um, how are we intending to deal with these kind of um, changes, which I think are going to be detrimental to the district? I think, from my point of view, if if we were to run with the the sill charging schedule as set out in that document, then as as things currently stand we wouldn't be able to formulate it until the plan was virtually complete, until we knew what infrastructure was required and how much it would cost. But I've no doubt that long before we get to that stage, the process will have changed. So it'll be much the wiser as to, to where, where we're going. We'll have, it'll be obligatory. That will be the way that it is. So I don't think that will be a problem for us personally. Mr Harbour, you might... Yes, thank you. So, uh, members are absolutely right. Uh, the proposal is to replace Section 106 agreements and uh, uh, community infra infrastructure levy charging schedules for each district and instead institute a, a nationally prescribed approach which um, calculates um, levy contributions uh, on the basis of the value of completed development. And that is the way that um, uh, differences between districts uh, would be would be reflected in the proceeds which each local, local planning authority receives. I'm sure there will be further technical con consultations around how such an infrastructure levy would work, and we need really need to wait and see the detail of those before we can respond and assess the impact. Thank you. Councillor Merrifield. Um, it's just a technical point. It's coming up to nine o'clock. So may I suggest that we have a short break once you have finished this section? Thank you. Um, I was just about to draw everyone's attention to the, to the time, Councillor. Thank you. So does anyone have any further comments upon this item or questions? Well, I think we've done what we are required to do with it, which is, as was the, the last one, to um, note and comment. We've done that. Now, I have a... Alan, just to Neil, and, and, and my hand isn't up this time, but just butting in rudely, and I apologise for taking the credit tonight. Um, uh, all three documents, I think, would merit a paragraph at the front 
uh, noting that they're all drafted in the uncertainty of the current situation relating to the white paper, etc., etc., etc. I think it would be a useful addition to all three documents in front of us tonight to have such a clause right in front. Thank you. Certainly, thank you. Now, members, given that it's, it's nine o'clock already, and we have basically three items left on the agenda, two of which relate to um, matters in consultation. We have the statement of community involvement. The recommendation is that the, the group considers the updated SCI and recommends to Cabinet that the document is published for consultation. And then, when I can find it, and it's a long, long way down, unless I've missed it, oh, here it is, the community engagement strategy. And the recommendation is that we consider this strategy and recommend to Cabinet that the document is published. Now, given those recommendations, and from that I would suggest the apparent need, if it's to progress these documents tonight. Are members happy to have, as Councillor Merrifield has suggested, a short break and then come back with a view to going through those items in as reasonable a time as possible and then getting on to the final item on housing? Mr Harborough has his hand up to speak. Just, I do. Uh, it's a long way to travel across the screen to unmute. Um, <laughs> uh, just to clarify, those those we, uh, those recommendations are withdrawn in the light of changed circumstances. Right. Um, so they aren't recommended for uh, cabinet approval. Well, then, members, it's nine o'clock. You have the option of progressing through those documents, should you wish or perhaps deferring them to a subsequent meeting, should you wish. It's entirely up to you. I would probably suggest that we um, do consider the one in housing, but I'm in your hands on this entirely. Who would like to um, have a short break and then progress with the full agenda? Can we lose the documents from the screen, um, please? Because I have no idea who I'm looking at here. Thank you very much indeed, Hayley. Right, thumbs up those, please, who would like to continue with the agenda. No one. Anyone like to consider to continue? Oh. Sorry, Councillor Lees. Uh, yes, thank you, Chair. Um, I'm wondering, as they're not for recommendation for the Cabinet at this moment, that um, anything that people want to look at, maybe should, we should be sending in a document form to the officers to come back to us of anything that we need changing, if that would be okay with the officers. Uh, if we all reread it, and looked at what could happen possibly with the white paper, maybe. But um, have a good look at it, and then send our thoughts 
to the officers and then maybe that could come back in a more rounded document unless everybody has a lot of things they'd like to say about it at this moment. That's the community engagement one because the community engagement, um, we've got the key time to get involved, publicising, we don't know whether we're going to have to go through that. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that we're unsure about. So I, I'm happy to go along with the plan, as you said, to carry on as if, but I'm wondering whether this particular document, we should all be sending our thoughts to officers that maybe they could answer, uh, come back as a group, <clears throat> or instead of going through it paragraph by paragraph. But that's my own personal perception. I'm happy to go along with anybody else. What do members think? Who agrees with Councillor Leeds? I think we're just about there on that. Fine. Councillor Merrifield, please. Well, I was, go I was going to agree with Councillor um, as well. But I think I'm sure people have got, will have some comments about the, the document anyway. So it would be quite easy just to... Um, they're a bit like me, you've scribbled them down, but um, quite easy to transfer it to a, a, an email um, to, to the officers. Um, to presumably, uh, uh, Stephen, I presume it's Stephen to send them to. Um, uh, so we could, it's, it's quite easy for us to do that. So I, was, I think that's the best way for me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, if, I, if I may, I think that uh, the last item on the agenda is much easier to discuss today if people would like to, because it talks about context for community engagement, which we all agree in the six key messages, and unless people have got things to discuss about that. So I think it's the first one that needs more writing. Okay, let's let's just run through these speakers then, and then I suggest we, we take a short break. Councillor like Evans, please. Um, thank you, Chairman. Um, I was just wondering whether it would be appropriate for the group to consider asking the officers to present to the group at its next meeting in a tabula form uh, the topics and the subject matters uh, which would need to be discussed, considered, uh, and the type of evidence required uh, under the current arrangements and prospectively under the new arrangements under the white paper, um, to the extent that the officers will be able to give you guidance on that after the discussion with the ministry officials. Uh, but I just wondered whether for that to be presented in a tabular form uh, would be um, an easy way to identify and uh, then put timelines on what needs to be done specifically in relation to those items which are, which have to be undertaken whichever of the two regimes uh, come to pass um, so i'll just pass that suggestion to you for consideration okay thank you that my first thought on that is, is that to quote an old law lecture i had it depends it depends how much how complicated it all is and what it entails so I'm bound to um, finding out what, what officers and members think after the meeting and whether that's a feasible and appropriate way forward. It sounds a sensible suggestion. Councillor Caton, please. Yes, I think I support what Councillor Evans was uh, suggesting because we do need to, to tr 
to actually work smart on this if we've got two systems running in parallel. Um, my comment was going to be I would like us to kind of defer the, the two, the, the statement of community involvement and the community engagement strategy to the next meeting and go straight to the housing number item on the agenda and then we can all go and get our Horlicks or our Oval Team, whatever your hero. Mine's neither, you won't be surprised to know, but thank you. Yes, I think that's an excellent idea, but what do other people think? Um, should we go straight to the final item on the agenda, which is the housing numbers? I'm getting the thumbs up from quite a few there. Yes, indeed. So I think that's the intention then. The last speaker, and then we'll take a short break. Councillor Light, please. Uh, yes, I was, uh, thank you. I was, I was going to say that my brain is so totally fried that I, I don't think I could handle um, with great intelligence uh, any other documents. So um, I would certainly prefer to defer them so we can give them due consideration and our full attention. Fine. Thank you very much indeed. Right. I think we've done what we need to do with this document. We've considered it and therefore and noted it. So we'll... we'll take a, a short break now it's the computer's telling me it's 11 minutes past nine so can i suggest we'll reconvene at 20 past and um just take the final item then which is a, a verbal presentation on the housing numbers okay five minutes did you say alan i said nine Richard, welcome. Okay, um, officers, probably Mr. Miles, could you deal with the final item on the agenda, please, a verbal update on the housing numbers? Thank you, Chair. Um, yes, so this is just to give you give uh, the group uh, a short update on the proposals. Uh, in the government's uh, white paper and then the separate consultation on the standardised methodology um, for you to consider it and then discuss. Um, calculation proposed by the government in, in the standardised methodology paper uh, results in a need of 1,230-odd dwellings per annum across the district. The government indicate that their proposals are intended to meet a nest national target of over 300,000 homes per year. They're also intended to address uh, areas where affordability is an issue, to help young people uh, get on the housing ladder and afford homes, uh, and also provide homes where people want to live. The potential uh, requirement of one, oh, sorry, the potential need of 1,230 odd dwellings is much higher than the current calculation Standardized, using the standardised methodology, uh, which is just around, or just over, 700 dwellings per annum. The reasons for these differences, for this higher figure, is that um, 
similar to the current calculation, it, it uses um, median workplace earnings versus median house prices to uh, adjust the, the forecast based on affordability. Um, in addition to making one adjustment for affordability, it also, the new uh, calculation makes an adjustment for worsening affordability. So in Uttlesford, uh, that, that ratio is around 13 and a half times uh, the price, the median price of a house when compared with the median uh, workplace salary. Uh, and 10 years ago, that was just over nine and a half times uh, that, that same ratio. Also, the current methodology is capped to ensure that any new target is no more than 40% higher than the existing target. For Uttlesford, uh, this means that the, the 700 odd calculation uh, for the district is, is the capped figure. The uncapped figure is, is 800 uh, dwelling, or just over 800 dwellings per annum. Uh, and then there is a further adjustment factor that in effect serves to bump up all local authority figures by, by a further amount. Um, the 1,230 odd dwellings Uttlesford is the 99th highest figure in the country when looked at on an absolute figure basis. When, however, when looking at it as a relative uh, figure compared with the number of dwellings in the district at the moment, it is the eighth highest in the district, uh, in the country, um, with all the seven authorities with a higher relative uh, figure being London boroughs. Uh, looking at the standardised methodology consultation alongside the white paper consultation, uh, it's worth noting that the figure used in the the 1,230 odd figure is the housing is not the housing requirement; it is the housing need, um, and, and these are different things. Um, the white paper further proposes to amend standardised methodology so that it take, takes account of other factors such as land constraints, uh, the size of existing urban settlements, opportunities for brownfield development and finally it, uh, it proposes to make the final figure after all those additional calculations binding on local authorities so there would be no, um, no debate over housing numbers, you would be given a figure and that is what you would have to deliver. Um, it will be important in the council's response to these consultations that we set out uh, in as positive a way we can any concerns there are around the calculation for the future housing requirements. Some some points that we might want to consider, and we'll be drafting these up in, in a more uh, detailed, comprehensive way. Some points that we might want to consider are, at the moment, proposals do not appear to take into account the government's ambition for growth in particular areas. For example, Uttlesford's housing need is, as a proportion, higher than every uh, authority within the Oxford to Cambridge arc, which is a government-identified growth area, and it is higher in absolute terms than all but three authorities within the arc. Further points uh, that are worth considering uh, would be how, uh, or some suggestions as to how constraints are factored into the process. Government suggests that they should be. 
but doesn't set out any any detail on on how. Um, one area to consider would be not to focus entirely on um, statutory constraints like like greenbelt or areas of natural beauty, but to also factor in um, also statutory constraints for uh, listed building conservation areas and, and heritage type constraints. Again, the government doesn't set out what constraints it's, it's going to consider exactly, and it doesn't consider how, and so we might want to put some thought in there to, to assist. Um, also, when looking at the existing settlement size and considering deliverability, that the deliverability of the figure for different authorities, that is something that I, I would suggest uh, we might want to consider in our response. And so that, that's my brief uh, introduction to this topic. Um, we will be bringing a, uh, a draft response fully thought out to you to a later meeting. Thank you. Thank you very much, Stephen. Councillor Pavic. Thank you, Chair. Stephen, could you just clarify something for me? When you said um, the government will consider constraints, um, will those constraints be applied to the the need figure, the 1,230 or so promo, in as much as if we can demonstrate that we have you know, a problem of finding enough land because of heritage or um, whatever other considerations, it could bring that 1,230 down. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And that, that's the difference between the housing need figure, which is the 1,230, and the housing requirement, which is the, the target within, that would be put in the local plan. Okay, so that, that the target will be need less constraints equals sorry need less constraints equals target. Uh, yes, I mean there, there's a few other factors other than just constraints. So it's about the deliverability based on uh, the size of existing urban settlements was another thing which uh, the government suggested could be a way of adjusting the figure. Um, but yeah, it will be there's a need figure which is adjusted by a number of factors including constraints, um, and, and that, uh, I'm suggesting, is, is a way to uh, seek to influence consultation. I see. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Cajun. Um, Stephen, I mean, when the inspector reported, or the inspectors reported at the last... Uh, emerging local plan, they were looking at also at the deliverability and were demanding a 20% kind of buffer on our housing numbers in the local plan. Um, would, has there been any mentions of that kind of additional housing numbers in the new scheme, or will it just be the, the the required number that we have to plan for. The white paper does talk about intrusion of an appropriate buffer. Um, it doesn't say what that uh, uh, percentage is, but uh, yes, it does talk about a buffer. So that that would be in addition to the uh, housing requirement. Most likely, yes, um, but the, the, the detail isn't set out in the paper. 
I don't know whether I'm going to say thank you to that answer or not. Evans. Uh, thank you. Um, that was a very interesting um, uh, helicopter view, um, Stephen, of, of this um, topic. Um, when it comes to requirement um, and uh, so on, could you just um, perhaps explain what requirement actually amounts to for the benefit of the group? Um, is it uh, some kind of objective requirement, subjective requirement? Is it um, retrospective uh, in its uh, approach, or is it a prospective uh, view that's uh, taken? Uh, and uh, is the requirement um, driven, for example, by uh, immigration, if I can put it that way, um, uh, i.e. incoming um, um, residents into the district as opposed to residents already in the district who need uh, to be um, housed. Um, perhaps if, if, if that uh, could be uh, commented upon briefly. Uh, but when your paper is put together, um, do you think it would be helpful um, for um, a uh, comparison to be included in your paper, setting out what the equivalent numbers are for our uh, immediate uh, neighbours? Um, the moment there is obviously a duty to cooperate and it would be interesting to see how these numbers compare with um, those of our neighbours in terms of uh, their, their, their figures. Uh, do appreciate that under the white paper duty to cooperate doesn't come into it anymore uh, but just for us to see what the comparisons are uh, with the neighbouring local authorities. Obviously Epping Forest is very different from everybody else because of the huge constraints that uh, they are faced with in way of um, Epping Forest itself and the huge swathes of Greenbelt. Uh, but um, uh, our other neighbours might uh, be more of an um, illuminating comparison um, uh, for us uh, and all of our residents to see actually what these figures from the government uh, actually mean in real terms um, compared with the other uh, uh, adjoining districts. Yes, um, I think it would be uh, very helpful to, to set out Anson with, with the joining. It's pretty open at the moment and, and you can see that we are the highest, we have the highest absolute figure in Essex. Um, I don't know, it's organised by counties, I can't see the other ones immediately. But yes, we're, we'll certainly set that out in the paper. That's a, a helpful uh, thing, a thing to show. On the... Um, issue of uh, where the need uh, comes from. The basis for the standardised methodology is the um, housing, the household forecasts, uh, which produce every every couple of years, uh, informed by the population. Forecasts, again, produced every couple of years. The most recent ones uh, published a couple of months ago, or a month and a half ago now, are the 2018-based household projections. Um, these, in effect, project forward uh, past trends. So, in so far as people have been moving into Uttlesford in the last uh, ten or, or more years, it projects them into the future. So, yes, it does uh, take into account people moving um, into Uttlesford. Um, 
However, it then adjusts the, the, these projections by a number of factors, as I said in my introduction, primarily to address uh, affordability in a couple of different ways, and then by a further factor. So it actually takes the, the um, projections up by, by a fair bit for, for the district. So the, the reason for um, inward immigration, as it were, uh, isn't a matter of um, analysis, so, so that if it were suggested that um, the inward arrival of new um, residents uh, is because of downsizing in terms of house prices from where they currently live in the outer suburbs of London or in uh, Loughton or in Woodford or in Epping and so on, uh, that um, doesn't uh, show through in the in the in this um, numerical exercise. Um, so it's it's the it's the word requirements that I'm uh, very intrigued by, and I do appreciate uh, your explanation about household forecasts. And as you said, the, the new numbers came out a couple of months ago. Um, but requirement uh, does beg the question of what is the requirement and why is there a requirement and what motivates all of that. Um, so um, I just throw that, uh, not asking for an answer, of course, now, but just as a philosophical matter for us to, um, uh, for, for me to uh, just um, throw into the air. In the event. No, uh, I'm not sure I, I have an answer for that philosophical question. Um, I will, one, one point I would make, though, is in addition to people moving into the district, insofar as people have moved out of the district, those would be factored into to the forecasts as well. Thank you, Councillor Lees, please. Um, sorry. Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, Stephen, when we were talking, uh, just going by what Councillor Evans said, when they're looking at the housing need and the fact that people, um, particularly people moving in, clearly the methodology staff is going to have to be looked at again now in the new normal post-19. Because we, are, we have become a community district in some respect, uh, people are moving out from London because it's cheaper, but this isn't a cheap place to live. So now if people aren't going to be commuting in, this won't be a choice for people to come. That's my first point. And my second point is, are we 99th highest because we have quite a lot of land? As in, not available, but we are a rural district. Um. So, taking the second point first on the amount of land, no, that is not something that's factored into the equation. It's simply looking at the forecast and then adjusting it to affordability factors and then uh, two, two adjustments for affordability, one for current and one for change over time, and then one further adjustment. Um, but that's not, that further adjustment isn't based on, on land, it's just another kind of left hand a bit more time. On the uh, um, kind of potential changes to need resulting from the current public health emergency, um, I mean, that's not something that the government is currently factoring into the, their, um, their proposals. It, it is uh, an area that we could consider in, in, in our response. Um, obviously, if we're trying to be positive and helpful to the government, um, then it would, be, it would be good to, in addition 
who's saying that it's something that they should factor in, but to also suggest a way that it could be factored in. Um, so that, that's something that um, we can put some thought into. Thank you. Councillor Reeve, please. You know, I was just listening to uh, uh, Councillor Evans' point about terminology of requirements and need. Why don't they just call it what it is, allocation? Too subtle. Maybe that it's demand. Instead of, no. Mr. Miles might have a view on that. Never says sarcastic comment. I'm afraid I, just, I I'm too difficult. It's late in the evening, Neil, isn't it? Um, oh no! What it is? Uh, Stephen, quick question: This new um, way of calculating the the need is is part of the supplementary paper that's out for consultation, as I understand it, which is regulation changes. But am I right in saying that those changes can be made anyway without legislation? That, therefore, it's possible that the white paper, when it becomes a bill and gets passed, could change it yet again. Is that right? Yes, that is right. Um, the, well, the changes in, in the supplementary consultation paper, um, they are easier and, and quicker for the government to put in practice. Um, it would be simply, I think, uh, a, a change to the planning practice guidance, um, which is a relatively easy thing for the government to do. Um, there may be legislative changes as well, but it, it's not at the same scale as, as proposals in the white paper. Um, the, the two proposals should be read together, though, and, and the supplementary consultation on the standardised methodology uh, does reference the fact, uh, reference proposals in the white paper and say that the two two proposals should be considered together. Thank you. Councillor Evans. I'm sorry, just picking up on Councillor Pavitt's point. Um, he, it is ironic, isn't it, really, that the um, two consultation exercises they're actually not running coincidentally in terms of time. One's at, one requires responses by the 1st of October and the other by the 29th of October. So um, if one were to look at it um, from a Machiavellian point of view, one might uh, wonder why uh, the consultations were being uh, organised in that uh, dysfunctional uh, way. Um, but uh, I, I just uh, um, have no further thought about that particularly. Mr. Harborough. Yes, uh, something I think we will need to explore is the um, is the status of the of the requirements, um, and I suspect government will not make it a legal requirement because if they were to make it a legal requirement, I think they would have to. Uh, legislate for some sort of appeal or moderation process. If it's just a, a policy requirement, it, of course, doesn't carry the same degree of weight. Um, and uh, whilst government might, in policy, try and uh, minimise the, the scope for taking into account other factors, 
um, it, it perhaps avoids the, the legal challenge issue in nationally prescribing numbers without uh, the opportunity for that to be challenged in any way other than by judicial review. Okay, thank you for that. Does anyone have any other comments to make, questions to ask? Again, Councillor Evans, or is your hand still up from before? No, but just picking up on um, Mr Harborough's point about judicial review, um, uh, the whole subject of judicial review is also um, uh, being considered for further consultation uh, this autumn. The government um, is looking not just in relation at all to planning matters, but right across the board, looking to solicit views as to um, restricting the opportunity for judicial review on administrative decisions taken by public bodies such as uh, local authorities. So that's something which the Ministry of Justice are uh, consulting upon um, with a view to um, um, reducing perhaps the, um, uh, the opportunity to challenge administrative decisions. Um, so that's another, that's another thing going on this autumn. Uh, and a further end, PPF, as we, as we all know. Mr Merrifield. Thank you. Um, just, and I may have picked this up wrongly, so I, I will stand to be corrected. The infrastructure levy, the IL, I think that's what they're calling it, um, is only collected at the end of the house build, I believe. Thank you, Roger, nodding your head. So I've got that bit right. Um, now, is that at the end of the whole development or is that at the end of what each house but it still it, it still makes it very difficult so how does if these are large developments large or newish new communities large developments how is the infrastructure then paid for or is, is there anything in there or is there any indications as how that happens so because that implies that local authorities be it not county or district or whatever are going to have to pay for them you know somewhere along the line now that seems a nightmare mr harborough yes so uh, i suggested that there would be probably further technical consultations around this what the white paper itself suggests is that given given the, the new approach the nationally prescribed approach would give more certainty about the proceeds of a levy that will enable a local authority to borrow against the expectation of future receipts to fund infrastructure up front. Um, that might seem quite straightforward as a concept, but actually in practice, I suspect it, that would prove to be a lot more complicated and uninvolved, needing to in all sorts of risks uh, but I think you know it's another area that needs to be looked at in great detail thank you for that yes that's I, I had read that and that that's what my concern was because how do you then get the money out of them you know so that could be very complicated thank okay thank you members last orders any any other questions 
No? Well, thank you so much to the officers and to, to you members for attending this meeting. And, um, Councillor, please, you want to speak? Sorry, sorry, Chair. I, I didn't realise you were going to close the meeting. I thought you were just finishing on those um, points on the housing numbers. Uh, something has come up from today, and I appreciate that the officers have got a huge amount of work to do with the white paper and all of that. But is there anything, and we're un, we've, we've followed a sort of timeline that we've said, is there anything that we could be looking at that we could be doing now, um, that we could be looking at whilst, this, whilst we're unsure? So something along the lines of that we know at some point we'd like to put, I don't know, a car parking policy, a number of parking spaces per house policy. That's something that we'll be doing in the future. Open spaces policy. Could we be looking at a call for sites already this early just because we're, we're unsure where we are? Are we looking at updating the Shalar? Um, I think I would like to be seen to be doing something concrete early. And there must be some policies that we could be, there's a lot of nodding here. There must be some policies that we could be looking at. Um, you know, we all are aware, aren't we, of developments that have been in this district on car parking issues, for example. And we always say that we're following Essex standards policy. I don't actually agree with Essex standards, and those of us that have been around developments realise they haven't worked at all. But are there some things for the next meeting that we could be looking at more concrete and making some form of inroads into something at this moment? And if I may, Sandy had it earlier. If you want to send that link, Sandy, for the planning for health, I'm going to prescribe it myself after this meeting, everybody. I do suggest that we read that because that's really important when we're looking at policy changes. So is there anything, officers or chairman, that we could be looking at? I don't want to overwork you. I know you've got the white paper to respond to. And one of the things we really need to look at is what we can find to, reduce, to put into the considerations to lessen those numbers, uh, obviously. But that was my question before we leave. What were the like to say on that? How would you like to comment? Anything? So, yeah, so at the moment we are thinking about um, how to um, how to run the uh, first engagement on, on the local plan. Um, it, well, I don't, I don't want to promise something that uh, we can't get to you in, in good time, but I, I would like to see if we can get something to you on our first thoughts on, on, on the engagement. Okay. Um, That's fine, Stephen. I just wanted to know, and I'm happy to leave that with Alan and John to discuss with the officers either, but I think I am speaking for the whole group and where everybody is chomping at the bit. There's lots of nodding. We're all chomping and keen and eager. We don't want to overwork anybody, but I feel everybody would be happier once they've made one decision under the belt. We've made that one step onto something. It doesn't have to be on in the normal trajectory of things. It could be coming in from sideways, but I think we'd all feel a bit more comfortable if we have made one one step. And we'll, we'll see what we can do. I'll leave it with you, Stephen, to ascertain what that could be with Alan and John. But I would just like to say that. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll see what we can do.
Okay, thank you. Just one question for, for officers. When, given that we have two items um, deferred to the, ne to the next meeting, I don't know what your intentions are with regard to any other um, items that would be a, a priority. But what's, um, what's your ballpark date for the next meeting? Do we have s such a thing as yet? Absolutely no pressure. Just a general question. Any thoughts, Jim? <clears throat> Sorry, Chair. Do you mean for the next local plan leadership group meeting? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's probably best to have that have the conversation. Obviously, we've got the peer review groups coming in. I believe it's the eighth of September for the workshop. But I think once we've heard from that, once we've also had our meeting with the uh, CLG officers, we'll we'll have a clear position then on how we how we report back. But it may well be that either you know maybe late September, early October, we have a session where we report back on the findings of those meetings. But um, that's just a, a, an initial thought on that. So maybe in the next four weeks or so. So we're, so we're talking. Um, Mid late, I guess maybe, yeah, maybe late September, early October. Let's go with late September if we possibly can. Oh, that's yeah, well, no, that's what I mean. It, it, it depends on when we when we get our session with the. That is absolutely crucial. Yeah, yeah, yeah really for the end of September. But obviously, if we've not had that, if we've not had time to digest and include on that, then there's no point in setting something up. Too early, but we we'll we look for yeah in, in September. That's would officers welcome any comments on um, either of these other two documents that have been deferred, as Councillor Lee's su suggested? Would that be helpful? On, on the engagement strategy and, and the SCI, I mean, yeah. on the engagement strategy, I, I would certainly think that would be helpful. Um, I mean, the SCI possibly, possibly not so much because that might be subject to more changes from the um, from the government's proposals. But I, I think the engagement strategy in terms of how we engage with with the communities, um, yes, I think I think that would be helpful. Okay, thank you, thank you, Councillor okay, so Merrifield. Well, actually, I was just going to say, should we not leave those two documents until we know? exactly what was happening so maybe Stephen just um, sort of answered it really so I suggest we leave them until we know exactly what's um, what's happening with, with the, the government with the government department okay so Lee's please sorry I, I, I felt what Stephen said on the community engagement he would welcome what I was going to suggest if I may and, and I'm saying this without your permission, Chair, and stop me if I'm going to be taking a step too far, to stop too much email traffic and too many members asking the same question, I thought it might be a good idea that we put those thoughts maybe to you, Chair, first, and then you can sort them out and then send them to Stephen, if that's okay with you. So um, it, it really up that we've not got too much email traffic, and it because Stephen has to respond to everybody's email. That's the duty of the job. So, yeah. Yeah. so surely it would be work better if we have comments on the engagement strategy to send them to Alan 
And then if we're doubling up, he can put them all in one email to Stephen to stop email traffic and lessen the workload. That's more workload for you, Chair, and I do apologise for bringing it up with that. That's a good oh, idea. I, I would imagine Stephen's hopefully nodding along behind that screen saying thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> can we therefore say by the end of the month, please, to give me time to coordinate them and get them forward, and you time to write whatever you, you're going to write? Okay, just, on the, just on the engagement strategy document, is that right? That's what Stephen said would be welcome to comment That's on. Is I'm terribly sorry, Stephen. I've done this presumption without consulting the chair or yourself. It only just came to me. Is that okay with you that it comes in one block from the chair rather than lots of emails from all of us? That, that sounds like a very good way of managing it. Thank you. Okay, bless you. Thank you. Council Light, please. Thank you. Um, I, I do endorse uh, the fact that we should only, again, only be looking at and considering documents that will be part of uh, the future development of the plan. And I would remind everyone that the deadline for consultation is the 29th of October. Therefore, the next meeting of this group should surely be considering uh, what is going to go into the um, responses because uh, we're meeting at the end of September. By the time that has been finalised, and other councillors have also commented, and I think we're pretty, that, that's what we need to be focusing on. I, th I think that's what um, was said, wasn't it, that the white paper consultation would come back to us. I think that was said earlier, if I may. We actually said a lot of the things earlier, and they keep coming back round, which is good, because they're being reiterated. Absolutely. Okay, um, everyone, I think we are there. Once again, thank you so much. Um, we've got through most of the business, something yet to follow. It's been interesting and enlightening, and we have two meetings down. Quite a few to go, I would imagine. So thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and I look forward to seeing you uh, well, well before the next meeting. Thank you very much indeed, and good night. Thank you. 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 Thank